I think we have a theme going here. We have designated today as Mission Sunday, and we're going to talk about, or we're going to hear about, some of the things that are funds, that uh, ways that we can support, where some of that goes and what we do with it. And I was a little bit, um, I was thinking about, okay, now what am I going to read for a devotional to kind of lead into this? And I told John, well, I'm thinking about some verses in Isaiah about the poor and so forth and so on. But I decided, no, I think I'm going to read the story of the Good Samaritan. I bet everybody here has heard it at one time or another, and we're going to hear it again. Okay? So, but as we read through this, there's a couple things I want you to think about. The story of the Good Samaritan crosses national borders. It crosses racial divides. And at the end of it, there's a command. And the command is what we're interested in today. So that's what we're going to hear. Uh, Luke chapter 10, I'm going to start at verse um, 29 and read through verse 37. It said, But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, now this is one of the hated Samaritans, the Samaritans and the Jews did not get along. There was racial differences, there was a different, there was a national boundary line between them. They didn't get along. And this was a Jewish man that was laying there all beat up, and along came a Samaritan. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. How do we show mercy to people that need it? Well, naturally, just a one-on-one basis. People right around us, family, neighbors, church members, so on. It's easy to see when someone's in need and we try to help them. But it goes further than that. And that's what we're going to hear about today. So right now I'm just going to turn it over to the mission team and let them take it from here. Thank you, Dwayne. Good morning. The mission team is Emmy Holtwick, Megan uh, Wangard, I'm sorry, Kevin Berge, and myself. Kevin is not with us this morning, and some of the people who will be up front speaking are not uh, on the team, and that's great in itself. Inside of your bulletin is a list of all the things that we do support through missions. We are not going to be talking about all of those today. Uh, We picked out uh, a lot of the home, the ones that happen around us in our hometown. And uh, then we have several others. We're going to start off with a special announcement from the board. So Randy will be first, then Katie, Emmy, 
Hannah, Megan, and then I will close up. So remember what order you're in. <laughs> Randy? Okay, I am speaking on behalf of the church board. Uh, as you well know, it's been we're approaching 16 months now that our pastors left. And so the church board, we met, and we decided that our giving has been reasonably good through all of this. So we decided that we would give the pastor what we would have paid the pastor in salary away to missions, which equals approximately $80,000. Uh, so we went to the mission team and we said, you guys, you guys give us an idea where you want this money to go. And so they got back with us and we, we, uh, reviewed it and we tweaked just a couple items and this paper is hanging on the bulletin board back there, but I'm going to go through it right quick and tell you what we decided to do. So they wanted $10,000 put in the Brotherhood Fund. They wanted Lakeside Camp to have $5,000, Garden City Food Pantry, $7,500, Rosedale International for Kentucky Disaster Relief, $5,000, CAM for Kentucky Disaster Relief, $5,000, the Shiloh Center, $10,000, the Restoration House over here at East Lynn, $5,000, Orphan's Hope World Mission, Bar Beard, $5,000. EMM Children at Risk in Cattell, $2,500. Worldwide Christian Aid, the Chownings, $5,000. Cass County Rescue Mission in Harrisonville, $5,000. MAF, $5,000. Rosedale International, a missionary by the name of Danita Beachy. This is a one-time donation for $2,500. The Hope Haven in Harrisonville for $3,000. Samaritan Purse for postage and more shoe boxes, $4,500. And that equals $80,000, and that money will be sent out this week. I get to share with you about the Shiloh Center today, and I've had the privilege of serving on the board for a little over a year now, and then we also have Velma Yoder, who serves on the board there, and Gwen Meeks works there as well. So if you have any questions or things I miss up here, they know a lot and can help you out as well. Um, I know a lot of you are familiar with the Shiloh Center in Harrisonville, but if not, um, they are the Crisis Pregnancy Center, the only one in Cass County, actually. So over the past year, the center has really focused on uh, finding those young women who possibly would be abortion-minded or um, life-giving um, through different social media marketing campaigns to try to target them that way and get them plugged in with the center. So they can come in and talk to people, find out their options, and figure out what to do when they find themselves in a situation they're having trouble in. Then there's also the services that the Shiloh Center provides for young mothers and their children, like physical needs, the clothing, 
diapers, wipes, formula, education, all kinds of different things that the Shiloh Center provides. Um, one thing that I think is really cool about the Shiloh Center is they have an ultrasound machine so that pregnant mothers can come in and see the baby, and that's a really big form of communication. Um, eight of ten women choose to carry after seeing their baby on a sonogram. So that's a really cool thing. Um, now, what we've been doing over the last year, the Walk for Life in June was a big success. There were over 100 walkers, and we do that every year. So if you missed it, it'll be again next year in June. There will be a tent at the Log Cabin Festival where the director, Carol, will be, and she'll be handing out the little babies if you've seen them before. And that's coming up next weekend. And then we have our annual fundraising banquet October the 20th, Thursday night, at the Community Center. So if you're interested in attending, hearing more about the Shiloh Center, Vicki Hartzer is the speaker, um, myself, Gwen, and Velma are all table hosts. So if you would like to go, we would definitely invite you all to come and sit at our table. So let us know, and we can get you more information about that. Thank you. Okay, good morning. Um, this is single-handedly the scariest Sunday of the year. Um, <laughs> so this will be a quick update on the food pantry this morning. Um, most things will be the same from last year. Um, who we are, we are still made up of um, four area churches. That will be Heart of Life in Garden City. Thanks, Jay. Um, the Garden City Methodist Church, Creighton Lutheran Church, and us. <clears throat> they do get plain pasta from a company in northern Missouri, and we do get occasional um, soap, cleaning, and hygiene items from Church in Dwight. But primarily, it is supported by these four churches and some other individual donations thrown in there. Um, <clears throat> we are still in the same place. We're still in a trailer in the back of the Heart of Light parking lot. <clears throat> Still um, give out from 4 to 5 p.m. on the third Sunday of the month, unless that falls on a holiday, and we adjust. So if that would happen or if you have any questions, we always post the um, sign on the pantry window. So ever in doubt, you can drive by there and check it out. Um, Still offer basically the same things, laundry, soap, hygiene items, toilet paper, pasta and sauce or mac and cheese, canned fruits, veggies, protein items, um, cereal, and then... um, Kind of what we started doing also is we throw in a miscellaneous item that can be a cake mix, instant potatoes, granola bars, juice, pretty much what's on sale. That's how we do that. Um, And then we try to give a meat item. Um, Most of the time that's going to be a hamburger or sausage roll, um, hot dogs, deli meat. But for the month of November and December, we do try to give a small ham or turkey um, for the holiday sides and holiday sides. Number of items given is still based on family size. So a lot of repeat info, but basically what does that look like on a monthly basis? We need and go through 160 boxes of cereal, 160 cans of fruit and the protein items, 160 of the meat items, and then 160 of those miscellaneous items. So we go through a lot every month. Um, On top of that, we need 280 canned vegetables, and 280 rolls of toilet paper. Um, So I'll just use last week's numbers for September because it was 
a week ago, and I remember them. Um, we served 242 people, um, and that was in 62 households. Last year, our average was about 135 to 170, so this is definitely an increase. Um, and then there are some of the times where there are special needs or emergencies that do show up. Um, this morning, I had texted Sheila Harris. Um, she's kind of the primary person in Garden City. Um, and she said, um, oh, don't forget to tell them that last month um, she met someone to help provide groceries for a woman and her son that were living out of their car. So um, definitely other needs in our local community. Um, and so what do we as a church do? Um, well, we give them money. We give them money for food. Um, Sheila Harris, again, is the primary person. She is fantastic at shopping for sales. She's not afraid to ask grocery stores for discounts. Um, she, she does a fantastic job. Um, we provide food donations. There's a red tub in the back um, of the foyer. Um, people ask what we need. We will literally take anything not expired. Um, there's, a, there's a place for it. Um, Sheila usually says, if your family would eat it, bring it. Somebody else will eat it too. Um, and we also provide volunteers. So I'm not going to make you girls come up and talk. But I do want to thank our runners, who they deliver the food, to the people who need it. So that is Lily Crable, Ava Stuby, and... My girls, Jaden and Bryn Holwick. Um, Sally Bradley has started to help us. And then my mom, Melinda Seckley, they kind of fill in where needed. And I typically am in the parking lot getting information from the people who drive through. Um, and then my grandma is not here, but Grandma Darlene has also started helping out too. Um, the only made changes from last year are last year we were – only drive through. Um, this year, we have offered people to come in and shop for themselves. Kind of surprisingly, the majority of people still choose the drive through, um, but the people that do come in really enjoy choosing their items. Um, so that is kind of cool. Um, and with that extra money that Randy mentioned, um, we will be able to purchase another freezer um, to help with those, especially those ham and turkeys, because um, usually we get calls of, hey, how full is your freezer? How many turkeys can you hold for us? So that'll be really nice to be able to give them another freezer. Um, we also have several large shelving units we're going to purchase. Food and just more of it because our numbers are increasing and, as most of you know, the grocery prices are as well. Um, there will also be some basic building upkeep. The trailer itself needs a new roof. But the Garden City Ministerial Alliance is going to provide that. But the ceiling itself has mold on it, so we will be able to help with that. So, thank you. Well, good morning. So she said she was going to be short. I'm glad she wasn't as short as I was afraid because then I was going to seem very long-winded. So um, I am up here today to talk to you guys about Christian Aid Ministries. Um, their acronym is CAM, so when I say CAM, that is what I am referring to. Um, but Christian Aid Ministries is um, one of the organizations that we at Sycamore Grove support, um, and we do that in a couple of different ways. And who is 
CAM. They were actually founded in 1981. They are based in Berlin, Ohio, and they are an Amish Mennonite conservative organization um, nonprofit. I actually get very excited every year to do this because you kind of forget as you go through a year um, about an organization and when you have to sit down and do research, it's like, oh yeah, I totally forgot that or that's really cool that they've started doing that, whatever the thing is. Um, and one thing about CAM, I'm going to say that actually a lot, there's a lot of things about them that I love, but their website is phenomenal. So if you want more information or don't know a lot about them, I encourage you to go to their website. Um, they will literally break everything down for you. Um, it is fantastic. In 2021, Christian Aid Ministries actually worked in 132 different countries, um, which just seems absolutely insane. United States included in that, so they work worldwide and then also in the U.S. Um, they, um, shoot, just lost my place. So in all of this is their information from their 2021 um, financial brochure that they send out every year. It's not a brochure. It's like 40 some odd pages. Um, But if you want to read that, that is also on their website. But in that support that they received in 2021, there was approximately 54.4 million pounds of food, medicines, clothing, comforters, seeds, Bibles, literature, heating supplies and other aid that were passed out in those 132 countries. And if you're curious, what does 54.4 million pounds of all of that stuff look like? That is approximately 1,300 semi-loads of goods, which I can't, like my brain doesn't process that. I've seen, you know, you go by a truck stop, that's a lot of trucks, but 1,300 semi-loads. In that, there was specifically only 25, 25 million pounds of food, Um, And then $43 million worth of medicines, vitamins, nutritional items, and medical supplies that they also passed out. And like I said, they work worldwide. They also work in the U.S. Um, We have had been hearing a lot about Ukraine, and I feel like that has tapered off a little bit. Um, But CAM is still there working. And so initially it was um, getting there, helping people relocate, uh, making sure they have food. And now it's kind of flip-flopped in areas where there's no longer a lot of conflict. People are able to go back home. And I should say home. Because if you can imagine going back to an area and maybe the front of your house looks fine and the back is completely gone or your house is gone completely. And so these people are going back and there's no stores open. There's no place to get supplies. There's still no food. And most of them don't have money because they haven't been working. And so there is a lot to tackle there. Um, And so they are providing food initially because that's obviously what they have to have to get through the day to day. But then it's also work of helping them rebuild, find supplies. And as you can imagine, in the Ukraine, winters are pretty harsh. And that is what is looming before many of them. And one of the biggest issues right now that they're trying desperately to work through is how to help these people stay warm through the winter. Um, When they can source firewood, they are trying to do that. Um, But a lot of the homes there are actually heated with natural gas. And as you know, you can't take, you know, your natural gas furnace or whatever and chuck firewood in it. So it doesn't work that way. You may have firewood available to you, but it's not going to be helpful. Um, And I, from what I understand, the largest gas supplier in the Ukraine has actually been shut down. So there's several towns that have none. And then where it is available, they can't afford it. So they are working to pass out comforters and blankets where they can to help keep the elderly warm. Um, But I would really hate to be stuck with just a blanket to keep me warm through the winter. Um, So that's one of the biggest hurdles that they're working on in the Ukraine at the moment. 
Um, locally, Kentucky is the big one. Um, the flooding that went through took out two different towns. And so they went, initially they sent what is called their rapid response teams. And they sent people in. And one of the first things they did was they take their food truck, which is called Fishes and Loaves, I believe. Um, and they can feed thousands of people a hot meal in a day, which if you've been displaced and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do for the night, a hot meal, I'm sure is greatly appreciated. So that's their initial. And now they are in trying to help clean up um, and help people either gut their houses, get the mud out, whatever the case may be. There was actually um, one story I read that talked about um, an individual that they had lived near the the river. Um, they said normally it runs at about a foot, and now suddenly it became a true 20-foot river that just totally wiped out everything. So imagine our creek here that probably runs at a foot or less, I would imagine, and if it suddenly rose to 20 feet, how many homes, even in Cass County, are going to be affected by that? And maybe you have a home left over, maybe you're Willard and your whole first floor is filled with mud, but the top layer is there. Or your Kyle and Caitlin and your house has gone completely. And imagine what it would be like to go back to that and have to work through all of that cleanup. And that is where they have a lot of volunteers that have gone in and are helping work with them to do that. Um, I, I can't even fathom what that must be like for them. Um, another thing that I really like about Christian Aid Ministries is when you give money to them, it is not specifically to one thing. You can designate if there's something that you're passionate about. But they have 50 different programs that they actually split their money among. Um, And so if there is something that you're truly passionate about, you can designate that when you make a donation. Um, Otherwise, it is split up among kind of where it is needed most. But they cover, I feel like, every aspect um, of what people could need. And just to name just a few, they have their rapid response services, their loaves and fishes food kitchen, which is that truck that I mentioned. Um, They have a search and rescue. Um, They will actually go out if there's people, kids that have been lost in a lake, whatever the case may be. Um, If they're close enough, they have a search and rescue team that will go out. Um, Milk for many mouths, potatoes for the poor. They have just a world hunger fund. Um, And then they have um, blankets for the poor, sewing centers, and many other. Um, A few that I think are really cool, Um, they do a seed project where they provide seeds to people that either can't find them or can't afford them. And then they also have microfinance um, options for people, so they're teaching them, giving them loans to start a small business, something they could totally handle, they just need that upfront cost um, to get them started. So they're not just giving them something, it's then paid back, but they're teaching them how to be a business owner, which I think is really cool. Um, If you have ever done any sort of um, research for nonprofits and what their administrative costs are, and I say this every year, but I'm still just astounded when I look at their numbers for the prior year, Um, I looked this morning to see what the benchmark is, and it's anywhere from 15% to 30%, which 30 is kind of astronomical to me. Um, Last year, CAM's number for their administrative cost was 4.6%, which I think is a great testament to them and how they are handling their money and makes me feel very confident whenever I support them um, to know that their money is going to be um, handled very wisely. And so why is CAM kind of personal to me? The Western Missouri Mennonite Relief Sale we took on supporting them several years ago, and so that is the second avenue. Sycamore gives directly to CAM, and then also the relief sale in two weeks, that is where our funds go, is directly to CAM. Um, they were they kind of fit the bill for everything that we were looking for, and I think they have continued to do that. Um, 
like I said, if you are interested and want to do the research, I definitely encourage you to go to their website. If you are a numbers person, their um, yearly thing actually breaks down, and it will tell you how many pounds of potatoes they donated. If you want to know how many beehives or how many cows or how many packets of seeds, they break that down entirely, and they will give you that number. Um, and I haven't – I didn't ask Ellie this morning. I forgot. Do you know if John's going to be here at the sale? He's not. Okay. Um, we sometimes have the rep is here that weekend, but he's not going to be able to make it. But definitely go to their website, or if you still have questions, let me know, and I will try to find an answer. All right. Good morning. Hopefully you're all still awake. I have pictures, so that should, you know, get us excited again. Um, first of all, what... Was it Dwayne, I think, or John? One of you brought attention to the insert in the bulletin. Um, and along with that, there's also, I think all of those organizations are also represented out on the bulletin board in the foyer. And we try to keep the most updated newsletters on that bulletin board. So if you don't personally get information from some of these places, that's a good place to check it out. And there's also the table underneath there always has extra brochures and newsletters and like the MAF flight magazine is always there. Um, so those things are free to pick up and take home and look through them as you want. So they don't just end up in recycling. We want you to enjoy the information that is shared with us. Um, so this morning I'm going to share specifically about um, some of the things happening in Cattell in West Africa and also um, with Rosedale International. So Rosedale International is... Um, our church conferences mission agency. So it's CMC and RI. There's lots of initials that get confusing sometimes, but um, that is what Rosedale International is. Um, and some of what they have done in just the last few months, um, they have just recently sent three missionaries out, which is exciting to see people going into countries again because that hasn't happened for several years because of COVID and all of the border issues and things. So that is beginning to happen. Um, new, new missionaries are being sent out. Um, these are specifically, one went to Ecuador, one in Thailand, and one in the Middle East. And there are also two more couples that have been approved, and they're still working through their details of their location and the timing of when they'll go out. Um, and so they're starting to raise support and start that. So along with all of the other um, missionaries that are already out on the field, there are, are more going again. Um, just like every organization, you know, giving is down and inflation is up, so they're always asking for prayer um, that they can just financially keep sustaining all of the, the work that they do as an agency. Um, we also, I'm going to say REACH, which Cameron Meeks um, was part of last year in Albania, that program is also under Rosedale International. And this year they have two teams that they have just sent, or they're in training. I'm not sure if they've actually left the country now. Um, one team is going to Albania and one is going to Senegal. So um, they're very excited that, that we're able to send two teams overseas this year because um, last year Albania was the only one overseas. And they're, they're praying for a larger reach class next year and hope to have five um, locations available for those teams to go and minister to for that time. Um, so some of the prayer requests specifically for RI would be that there would be more workers specifically for West Africa for some of the um, some of the support and the the programs that they're hoping to start there and to to further. They're looking for long-term visas for those that are currently serving in Morocco. They're having a few issues getting those secured. So prayers for that, and also um, yeah prayers that the 
new missionaries are able to raise the funds needed that they're able to to be sent out as the Lord has planned for them. So the pictures now are from Cattell. So some of you here and some are missing today have been able to to visit this area in years past. And so some of the things that has happened there recently, um, this is a picture of the water tower. There's two different pictures, and I'm not sure which is which. One was specifically supplied by the World Health Organization that um, that supplies running water for the whole village. And so there you can see there's actually a spigot, not just a well. Um, and then there's also one, I don't know if that's the same or a different one. There's also one that specifically is for the clinic that is there. Um, so they're very excited to have running water. So there's a bigger picture of, that's the clinic and the church, the church that has been completed in just recent past. Um, also with the church, there was another church in our conference, another CMC church that um, helped buy the orchard that was behind the church and the clinic. So that now belongs to the church and the clinic. So the preschool um, will have that to use those funds from the crops from that to help fund the preschool and the clinic needs um, in years to come. So they, they were able to get that accomplished. And this is a picture of five pastors of the West African Mennonite Church. Those are the pastors that serve the churches that are now established in West Africa. And this is a team. Let me find the right notes here for that. Um, maybe it wasn't on here. This is a group of, of kids that... Oh, here we go. This is from the church that Daniel planted in Bissau, and it is growing and thrively. It's mainly youth, and they love playing soccer, so they have lots of time to play soccer soccer games. Um, so this is the, the current team of the Bissau church, I guess, is what you could say. And there's another picture of, the, of another water tower. So they've come a long way in being able to provide and continue growing in their village. And then here's a video of it. It actually works. <laughs> there are voices, but I don't think they're in English. So so it's just showing, yeah, there's a, now a shower facility and running water at the clinic for them to, to be able to use. So some of the specific requests for Cattell um, their workers and teachers are needed. Healthcare workers are, are needed also for short term or long term. Um, they are looking for a couple to move to Bissau where Rosedale International is um, praying to open a youth hostel in that area. So they are looking for, for a couple, for a family to go and to, to be there long term and to serve and to help with that. Um, and just wisdom for the next generation of leaders to rise up so that um, biblical teachings and biblical marriages specifically can um, begin to grow and blossom, especially out of the youth group. So that's exciting to see that many youth going to the church, but to have good um, biblical foundations of marriage is, is a very important thing that they need in that area right now. So, and like Randy mentioned earlier, we are as a church sending money through Eastern Mennonite Mission to help with the children at risk fund that is there in Cattell. So that's a fund that, um, it just sits there till needed, essentially. But for, for families who have children who need um, large 
medical issues, whether it's a surgery or there's, you know, just different expenses that they cannot cover, that is what that fund does. So it pays for the medical needs of the kids in that, in that village in Cattell. I wish I could have been up here watching your faces when Randy made his announcements. I heard your responses, and I think that the board needs to have a attaboy on that one. And you already gave them that. <coughs> I knew the board was meeting to discuss this. Had no idea what they were talking about in dollars, and I got a. Voicemail from Luke. He was still chairman of the board when they decided this, and I saved it. It said, the board has decided to give away $80,000. It was like, really? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I just think that's phenomenal, and I think that <coughs> we should all be... Behind that. Okay. Two things, two different uh, organizations I'd like to touch on just briefly. I know dinner's waiting. Uh, the first is the Chownings. In the beginning, when the Chownings went to, to the Amazon, it was Will and Lydia. Will has died, and Lydia is remained there, and her family, part of them is there, at least. Uh, at least one daughter, Lydia and Tana, her daughter. And they are struggling with the same things that everybody else does. And I don't have picture. I wish I had a picture of them themselves. But uh, COVID and drug trafficking, of all things. So one of Will's things was when he was alive was he'd get on a boat and he'd go down the river and he'd minister to all the villages up and down the river. And in the end, when his eyesight became bad, he didn't care. He was going to go do what God told him to do, and so he would still continue to go up and down the river. And that has not happened because of now more because of drug drug trafficking. <coughs> so I just want to read you... Uh, one one paragraph out of here. This is a newsletter that is uh, on the, or will be again, it was on the bulletin board. Problems with drug traffickers has closed one of the main rivers that Columbia has for shipping things to Columbia. So Tana spent quite a bit of time trying to get that resolved when she was in Bogota for her passport. That's also an issue because when you... When everything's closed because of COVID, then you can't go and get your passport renewed and do all the things you need to do. She managed to get a few boxes shipped, but there is still a lot stored with a pastor in Bogota. The Air Force has agreed to bring them down when they have space on a plane, but so far they have not had space. When they do have space, Tana is going to have to make another trip to Bogota to get the boxes to the Air Force base. Now, I think it's, I always thought it was interesting that Lydia used her English to make contact with the military. 
officers would come to her and say, will you teach us English? Well, she, she did more than teach them English. She was always talking to them about Jesus and all the things, uh, hearing their problems and trying to deal with what was going on, always just by knowing English and being willing to teach English. That was always amazing to me. Now, they are doing a thing at uh, for Christmas where they're giving gifts to the military. And I don't understand. I mean, it's all foreign to me, but the military is so excited to get these boxes or bags or whatever they have, whatever they're packing for them at Christmas time. And there's a, always a huge demand for more. Uh, in fact, she says here they lacked 500 of having enough to give out last year. And they gave out like 2,000 to begin with. And so this is an organization that we don't hear very much about because they hardly ever come home. Home for them is now on the Amazon. And uh, we had to go looking, find somebody that knew how to get her information. And once we got a hold of that, then we were able to, they responded, but it was just like it's, it's difficult to do that. So that's one. The other is the, the home. I can't pronounce the name of the home where Barb Beard has been helping. And this as well is on the bulletin board. Uh, she opens with this newsletter. I often think of you, thank God for you, and pray for you. I wonder how can I convey to you how grateful I am for the way God has used you in my life and the lives that are being impacted at the GN home. And I'm just going to read you some of the things that she has in, in dark print. Of course, she hasn't been able to be there to go visit even. And hopefully in November, she's hoping to be able to go back. But they have a three-day mandatory quarantine and then a four-day stay-at-home after that. So that means that once you get there, you blow a week. And then however, so however long, your trip just gets longer. Many of the children... In this home, parents, many of the children's parents did not finish high school. One of the moms is now studying to get her high school diploma. She comes to the GN home for help to learn English. Another mom is learning to use the computer. She currently works at a gas station and said she had never imagined that she could learn to do anything else. One of the moms has come to Christ. She has started attending a church in the neighboring village and is preparing to be baptized. The man who is considered the leader of the biggest gang in the village is now coming to Bible study at Liz and Cheryl's home. A mom who previously disappeared for days or weeks is now spending lots of time at the home. Her two children were often upset because they didn't know where mom was. Now this young woman has a desire to change. At the GN home, she is learning how to be a mom. It is beautiful to watch her relationship with her children grow. A man whose job is to run the local Deist temple reached out to Susie for help 
for his youngest daughter. She is in the third grade, and many of the teachers at this public school believe this young girl has evil spirits. How great it is that they are curious about the God at GN Home and that they come to GN Home for help. And then she says, will you pray for these adults? May they come to know the Most High God, the one who created them and loves them. (coughs) We pray that they will see and receive the love of Jesus, the love that Jesus has for them. Now, all this happened because they opened a children's home. They wouldn't have had this impact on the community like they have if it wasn't been for taking care of the kids in the first place. I think that about sums up what I want to say about those two things. If you have any comments about... uh, what we're doing or where money's going. Most of our stuff is is on the bulletin board, and if something's missing, just uh, please come and ask, and we will get information about those situations. We got anything else? You got a song, Gwen, or are we? Oh, okay.